your eyes to the skies. It's time for Space Out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Josh from the Stardome, come in. Kia ora, how's it going? Now I'm just going to hit play on this because there's 32 seconds of powerful audio. <laughs> Bass rattling audio is great footage, it's so clear. Starship second test flight. Oh, there it goes. Head to the Stardome YouTube to check out this video. Now, Josh, you there, mate? Yes. <laughs> okay, Starship successfully lifted off under power of all 33 Raptor engines on the super heavy booster and made it through stage separation. The booster experienced a rapid unscheduled disassembly shortly after stage separation. Tell us about yeah. this, mate. What's <laughs> happened? <laughs> yeah, also known as, as an explosion. Yeah, rapid um, dis disassembly? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the fun term for it basically exploded. Yeah. Um, you know, we, so they had the second flight of Starship for SpaceX, so that's that giant new rocket. This is the testing. biggest rocket that we've ever made? Yes, yeah, this is the largest, tallest, most powerful rocket that's ever flown. It's more powerful than the Saturn V, um, you know, used during the Apollo missions. Is it bigger? It's bigger, right? Yeah, it's, it's about... 10, maybe 12 metres taller. So it's, it's a real mammoth of a rocket. Um, and you can just tell from watching the video, it, it's an extremely powerful and like mm. lofty rocket. Um, and it was, yeah, it's second launch for them. And they've made, uh, they've said thousands of improvements from that first launch, which was about six months ago. Mm. Um, and they, they, they ticked off a lot more tests this time. They, the actual upper stage did make it into space. Um, but yeah, I think they've they've really started to speed up on the progress of this rocket, which is you know a really good thing for NASA too. Um, and um, yeah, I feel pretty confident that hopefully the third launch will actually make it into space properly. How long before this one exploded? How many minutes? Uh, so the booster itself um, that happened after it separated, um, so that basically did its job. The upper stage then separated about two minutes later. Um, and then that stage went for about eight minutes, and then just before it was meant to cut off its engines and get into space, um, it also experienced that same explosion. Uh, we're not exactly sure why, but um, yeah, it, it technically made it into space, and it did a lot mm. better than the first launch. Um, and yeah, if you actually look at the like the first launch from six months ago, like four of the engines didn't even turn on when it started, um, whereas this one, you know, all the engines are going. It actually performed mm. really, really well, um, especially in such a short time span. Um, and, yeah, SpaceX seems really confident that they actually expect to potentially launch another one by Christmas, which is, you know, massively fast turnaround for a rocket this size. If we just go back in time and we reflect on NASA when they were f first doing what they were doing, shooting stuff into space, big unmanned mm. rockets, which were also planned to be manned at some point, how many did they fire off into space that exploded? Like, how many test missions were they? Were, were, did they have those? Oh, I mean, honestly, hundreds. I mean, you look at the early early footage, footage from the space age, um, mm. you know, when he started inventing and sending rockets into space, they constantly exploded. Yeah. So, 
um, you know, we didn't actually put people on rockets until one of the rockets, at least one or two of them, started to perform really reliably. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, you know, that's how technology process, uh, progresses is you have to have these failures, which, you know, yes. tells you what went wrong, how to improve on it, and then you just have this iterative design where you get better and better. So two's um, not too bad. Two misfires is not too bad for where they've managed to get to with them? Um, yeah, I'm, I'd say no. I mean, this, you've got to remember, this is the largest and probably the one of the most technically advanced rockets that we've ever had. Mm. Um, and to look at the, you know, all the improvements just from that first flight, because that first flight was, um, you know, the, the, the rocket barely got off the pad. It absolutely destroyed the ground below it. Mm. Um, you know, the engines weren't firing, whereas this one basically did all the things that it needed to um, without just actually getting into orbit. So I think, you know, a few more launches three, maybe four more launches, um, they'll hopefully be sending like a demo mission of this to the moon because um, this is that rocket that NASA wants to use for Artemis to, you know, get people onto the moon. So um, it's, you know, even though SpaceX is a private company, it's quite closely tied to NASA and their progress with their missions too. So how many years away is this planned moon mission now? That Wasn't that supposed to be 2025? Yeah, and I can guarantee it will not be 2025. It's probably at least 2026. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's three years away. So they have several years to actually launch fewer more of these rockets and, um, you know, get them as safe as possible because, you know, NASA absolutely will not be putting anyone on these rockets. Um, until they they basics until, Yeah, until they're extremely safe. Because yeah. um, the other thing about this rocket is it doesn't have an escape launch system, which most rockets do. So yes. any of the... Um, the spacecraft that take people to the space station, if the rocket itself explodes, um, there are basically smaller rockets which will pull away the capsule, you know, pull the astronauts to safety. Mm. Um, This rocket doesn't have that, so it basically needs to have, you know, as as we get better at a 100% success Mm. rate um, before we're going to be putting people on it. Okay, all right. Some serious bizzo here. Now, (laughs) I mean, pretty exciting though, really. Uh, I was just... A moment ago, thinking to myself, do you know much about the technology on this rocket which measures all the systems and keeps tabs on what parts of the rocket are failing? It must be obviously a big rocket, but it must have some incredible tech and science on it to be able to go, well, it was this part that failed. Yeah, I mean, the, it's it's all of the technology, and they have you know miles and miles of wiring in these rockets, and there's sensors virtually everywhere, which mm. is basically constantly monitoring what's happening, um, you know, where the mass is, where all the energy is going. And so as soon as a rocket explodes, you know, you'd think that everything is lost and there's nothing to gain from that. But because we have all these sensors, basically, up until the very last minute, we often will figure out exactly what happened to a rocket and, you know, then they improve from that. So they, there's a lot of technology on them nowadays. All right. And on to the, the International Space Station. Josh, I had a skim of this article that you fired through. And what I didn't realize that, it's only been um, since 1998 that the International Space Station has been up there in mm, outer space. Yeah. I thought it had just been there forever, like since the 70s, but <laughs> it's it's only been there since the late 90s, which is actually pretty recent history. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, you know, just it turned 25 this, this week, basically. Okay. Um, so it's, it's been up there for a decent amount. But, yeah, before 1998... Um, we had smaller space stations. So before the ISS, we actually had Mir, which was the Russian space station. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the largest up until the ISS. And then before that, Americans also had a smaller one called Skylab um, back in the 70s. But yeah, yes. we've, we've not had anything as big and as large as the ISS. Um, and that started in 1998. So it's, yeah, it just had its 25th birthday this week, which is pretty exciting for the ISS. 
Yeah, well done. Well done. Now, but it, it is in that phase of its life where NASA is going to need to decommission it, and yeah, it's turning out to be a bit of a hot political issue because they and expensive. Yeah, it's very, very expensive, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean, the, basically, the way that the ISS was constructed is it's you know it's a collaboration between multiple countries, mostly the United States and Russia. Um, and the way that the station was built was that basically um, both countries essentially rely on each other for different systems. And one of the systems that Russia has to provide is propulsion, so uh, basically moving the space station in space. Um, but obviously, in the last few years, you know, relations between those two countries has soured, and mm. Russia themselves, they don't want to be putting too much more money into the space station. So that kind of leaves America a bit of a loss because they don't have propulsion systems on the space station. They rely on Russia for that. Mm -hmm. um, but as we end the, near, the end of this decade, um, we have to deorbit the station because it's getting close to the end of its life. So um, NASA's kind of had to put the call out to a lot of private industry and other companies as to... Uh, how they can deorbit the space station because it's a massive object. It weighs hundreds of tons and it's you know the size of like a rugby field, um, but it's it's going to be quite expensive, unfortunately. And there's there's kind of just really no other option. They can't just send pretty simple messages saying, unclip this part and let it slowly deorbit into the. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, technically yes, but the problem with that is if you just randomly let the space station fall to the Earth, it could fall anywhere basically. Whereas. Mm. We want to make sure that we control this and that it's sent into... Um, it's between New Zealand and South America. It's an area called Point Nemo, which is where there's basically nothing. Because um, otherwise you do risk the space station hitting the ground because it is big enough that once it does fall into the atmosphere, it's not going to completely burn up. Quite a few bits will actually hit the ground. Yes. Um, so, yeah, you, you don't really want a okay. rogue space station falling over a big city. Don't they just, like, 0800 Australia and get it to go somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that did happen once, and um, I think it was in the 80s with yeah. Skylab, actually, but yeah. Just aim it towards some mine in the outback. Okay, uh, <laughs> but there's in this article that you sent through from the Scientific American, there's a great quote in there uh, which says, the ISS is a key symbol of international and civilian cooperation. In terms of civilian cooperation, I think it may, it, many would describe it as the biggest project ever embarked upon in human history. Would you agree yeah, with that? And I, I, yeah, I, and that's obviously a really big statement, but I think, yeah, it really is. I mean, this is something that the ISS is one of the most expensive objects that humans have ever built. It's one of the largest um, and most complex and longest-running um, programs, and that's between multiple nations, not just the kind of six founding nations, mm. but the countless other you know, countries and astronauts and experiments that we've sent up to the space station. It really is kind of a global effort, um, and I think it's been a symbol of kind of, um, you know, prosperity and working together in space, which has always been something which um, is behind a lot of space programs. But, yeah, I think it's it may be one of the last um, kind of big projects like that. I think, obviously, the mm. political climate is very different now. Um, you know, I don't think that six nations could come together nowadays and build a space mm. station. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of that industry is now being put off to private industry. So companies like SpaceX, um, you know, building their own stuff in space. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think it's been a, a really iconic thing. And it'll be, yeah, really sad to see the space station go once it eventually does. Just rewinding back into time here. So the, a lot of the ISS parts, were they originally fired up on the old school space shuttle? 
Yeah, so they they had a lot of different systems. I mean, a lot of them were Russian systems, so they were sent up on Russian rockets. Mm. Um, but yeah, most of the American modules and also the Japanese and European ones, um, they were designed for the space shuttle bay. So part of the space station, or uh, well, majority of it actually, was taken up on space shuttle missions. Mm. So um, yeah, the ice, the space shuttle, and you know, you can argue that that was an extremely expensive program, and it was. Um, but that was also quite integral to actually building the space station. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of programs um, that went into it and definitely, a lot of countries that relied on each other. Definitely pretty iconic as far as, you know, space travel goes, the old space mm, shuttle. 100%. I, yeah. I've told this story many a time when uh, I went to NASA in Houston and they had an old space shuttle there. I got quite teary because it is, it's, you know, when we do cooperate as a species and we're like, all right, we've got a cool thing. We want to try and do this. So there is something magic and special about people all actually teaming together in a common goal and trying to do something Mm. pretty rad and hopefully, you know, positive for, for everyone on the whole. Yeah. And I think that's something that kind of underpins space exploration in general. And yeah, yeah, I kind of just hope that, you know, more governments see that in the future as opposed to this kind of individual in-it-for-yourself thing. Yes, yes. Okay, well, Josh, um, was there anything else on the ISS that really um, sings to you or speaks out as far as uh, news stuff goes? Oh, I, I just look forward to kind of um, new space stations in the future, you mm. know, that we'll have other ones, we'll have maybe smaller ones, maybe more commercial ones, but I think that'll be quite cool to see in the future. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Uh, We'll be sad once the iconic ISS is gone, mm-hmm. even though we've got seven years. <laughs> yeah, defo, defo. Now, uh, what's happening at the stardom? I've seen a bit of press for the psychedelic feature, which is happening out there. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen, busy. Seen, has it has it sold out? What what was this thing? I think we spoke about last time we had a chat, but I've had our film reviewer came in last week and also covered mm. it, uh, and I saw I don't know some some local local publication talk about it. What is this? crazy psychedelic experience that we need to come out to the stardom and check out yeah so this it's really cool it's called zizzy um so this is kind of like a it's almost like three-dimensional planetarium art piece um which is by jess johnson and simon ward um but yeah it's this experience that's designed to be played on full dome cinemas so we're going to be playing that in our planetarium for december um, we've we've put on quite quite a few shows. Um, we might actually have to add some extras just because we've had so, so many people so. wanting to get into yeah. it. Yeah, um, but it's it's super trippy and it's really really cool. Um, we've got a trailer on our Instagram if anyone wants to see it. But yeah, just imagine like that trailer that all around you in three D. It's a really cool thing, um, mm-hmm. and I definitely yeah, get in as soon as you can because it's selling pretty quick. Have you given it a crack? Have you do they do what do they do a like, yes. early screening for the Stardom crew? <laughs> Yeah, well, we we did last week because we actually got the file, so we went and sat down and had a look, and it's 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 really bloody cool. So yeah, I definitely recommend if anyone's okay. into that, definitely come and see it. Sorry, Zizi X X Y Y. Zizi, yeah. Zizi, Zizi. Okay. And what else? What else? What else is happening at Stardom? Uh, we've also got our sci-fi's. Uh, we've got Gravity, which is tomorrow, which is another one of my favourite films. Um, and that's with, I've only got a few more tickets left on that. So if anyone wants to come watch Gravity on the big screen, you can book into that too. All right. Sounds good to me, Josh. Hey, thank you so much for chatting. We'll look forward to speaking with you in a fortnight's time, mate. Cool. Speak to you then. Bye. Cocky chat. Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.